And uh, <clears throat> we've been looking at, or started a series on doctrine many months ago. And uh, the first doctrine is the doctrine of God. We're still there <laughs> in the doctrine of God, looking at the attributes of God. Sometimes we covered three. Sometimes it took three weeks to cover one attribute, like long-suffering. We've been looking for two weeks over with some spaces between other sermons, but the attribute of God's faithfulness. We looked at the prophets who spoke of God's faithfulness. We've looked at the promises of God in his faithfulness, and we did that on the first Sunday of the month. And so it was a shorter sermon, but he convicts us of sin, provides salvation for us, he supplicates for us, he secures us. There's all these things that he does for us that we looked at last time. And so this morning we continue, we take the middle two points. If you've been looking at the outline, we did the first, the last, now we're doing the, the middle two points, Lord willing, this morning. We looked at the preachers <coughs> spoke of, or the preacher of preachers of the word spoke of his faithfulness. And if you just read Psalms, what does the psalmist do so often? He breaks out in grateful thanksgiving. And so <coughs> we can we can find it all the way through there, but we won't going through we're not going through the book of Psalms, maybe looking at one of them today. And the pilgrims experience of God's faithfulness. So let's pray and commit the time that we spend together to the Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Lord, we can still say that 6,000 years from creation. The sun still shines. The earth still goes round the sun. And we go round giving us night and day and labour and rest. And Lord, all these things continue from the beginning of creation until now. And because of the consistency of it, people fail to be thankful. And I pray that we would be thankful for your faithfulness to us. And that we would raise our voices in prayer and thanksgiving, in song, and indeed to you. Lord, bless us as we fellowship today. Be with those that can't be here because of sickness and other reasons and visiting. Thank you for those that are visiting today and it might be a blessing to them. And Lord, we do pray for our missionaries at this time of the year when families get together and they can't because they're away from families to be a an upmaking portion to them and meet their needs of that fellowship and that friendship and that family togetherness. Lord, you can provide all things and may you do that for them. Bless the word now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Let's first of all turn to Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. We're speaking of the preacher and he's speaking of God's faithfulness. If anyone knew, Paul knew. And uh, in the time of his ministry, he had experienced God's faithfulness. But he spoke of God's faithfulness. And verse 1 of chapter 3, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of God may be, have free course and be glorified even as it is with you, and that ye may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. 
For not all men have faith. I think the un unreasonable and wicked men have increased around the world, haven't they? And they've got a lot of microphones in front of them too. <laughs> and they're trying to say, be influencers and influence our thinking in the wrong direction. Don't listen to their unreasonable thoughts. Go back to the scriptures. That's where we need to go. But the Lord, notice it, is faithful who shall establish you and shall keep you from evil. The Lord is faithful. In the times of turbulence and change and unbiblical views, the Lord is faithful. We have to be in the word so that we know what he's thinking, what his thoughts are for us, that we might remain faithful to him. And he keeps us from evil. Also in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Verse 7 to 9, it says, So that he came behind in no gift, ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall confirm you, confirm you unto the end, <coughs> that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is, when he comes, as it's saying. God is, what? Faithful, by whom... You were called under the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Remember the day that you were called, the day that you responded to the gospel. From that day forward, he is faithful to you until the redemption of your body or the taking home of you from here. God is faithful. He says something, he keeps his word. We keep on emphasizing that. So read the word and believe the word. And so he keeps us from evil. And here he tells us, one day we'll, we will be presented blameless. What does that mean? That now we can be blamed for some things. Now we have the uh, <clears throat> opportunity that we shouldn't take to sin. But then, with a new body, there will be not, none of that. <laughs> he will keep us to that day that we might be presented blameless. It tells us in Colossians 1.22 we will be presented blameless, holy, unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Aren't you glad that he does that job? <laughs> he does that work in us and for us that we can be stand before him with boldness as we've studied recently and not with fear as we stand before him on Judgment Day. Was that on Wednesday night? It's just been recently anyway. Paul preached it. David preached it. In Psalm 40, verse 10, he said, I have not hidden thy righteousness within mine heart. This is a, a, like a silent Christian. I'm keeping it in here. I'm not telling anyone. <laughs> because if I do, they'll attack. <laughs> and they'll put me down and I won't have an answer. David said, I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. He spoke out. He said it like it was. He, he didn't hide. You know, he wasn't a secret Christian, as we'd say today. He let people know that he was a Christian. And he let people know about the word of God. Today, when so many people have got so many other views, we can be tending to not speak the truth and concealing the truth. But David the preacher declared it, declared the faithfulness of God, his salvation, in a day in which very few people listen. <clears throat> I was listening to 
I don't know what it was called. I think it was called Ask. That's what they, they program. There's so many things on, on the internet and everything like that now. I think it was on some program. Ask. And so they were asking Palestinians about the land and about the Jews. Should the Jews be here? And they got as many answers and varied answers. I thought there was, there was some that were bordering, yeah, yeah, the Jews were here before us. The Jews have been here for, and have a history of it, but some totally to deny. No, they've never been here. There's no history. There's no archaeology. And, <clears throat> and you see, these people that replied like they have have never read the Bible. You know that they haven't because of what they say yeah. and their understanding of the world, their worldview. And you think it's sad, isn't it? The word has been concealed by those who be, should be speaking it out like David. And he was a man after God's own heart. And he told the people, though he was the king, he, he preached the, the truth of God's word. Yeah. How many psalms have been written, were written by David? And the, the book of Kings and the book of First and Second Samuel speak of him in his, his actions and deeds. In Psalm 37, 25, and that is his favourite psalm of some, he said there, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. There's a little sermon for you from David. I'm young. I was once young, I can remember that, it's not long ago. And we say with David, now I am old, and I've gone grey-haired and I haven't got hair. And um, I have not seen the righteous forsaken. God keeps his promises to his people. Even though it doesn't seem likely to happen, it does. God will, and he will. The psalmist, again David, and I've called him the psalmist, in Psalm 89, and this is a reading we did three weeks ago that we never got to, looking at the verses there, all of them. In Psalm 89, a psalm ref re referencing the Davidic covenant. What's the Davidic covenant? You have, you have the Abrahamic covenant, that's the promise of the land and the seed. You have the Davidic covenant, What's the Davidic covenant? Can you think of it? Because th these, these are the covenants we should know because they're unconditional. They're going to happen even if they haven't yet happened. The Davidic covenant is that David will always have one of his descendants on the throne. You say, well, for 2,000 years he hasn't. It's, it's happening again. <laughs> but there is going to come a king. And we've we talked about the Lord Jesus last week. He's going to come and he's going to be the king. And he's going to be one that keeps faithfully the Davidic covenant. You know, go home and search out the Davidic covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, the Palestinian covenant, <laughs> all these covenants. And he said there, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. John, do you know that song? I will yeah. sing of the... Yeah. <laughs> I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I will sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. There you go, see? <laughs> That's that verse <laughs> right there. If you've been to camp or in uh, the um, Sunday school, the, the hour that, that we sing that song. Faithfulness, and it goes on, to the faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shall, not, shall thou establish in the very heavens. Look, 
the people of Israel, they don't believe on the Lord Jesus. They do believe in the God of heaven and the Father of the Lord Jesus. They're not going to go to heaven unless they believe on the Lord Jesus. But they recognize that God is faithful. They have a history of 400 years of kings. They have a history of 400 years of judges before that. And they have a history of as many years again in the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, and then down to Egypt. They have a great history and they know that God is faithful. <clears throat> and they can sing these psalms. We can sing these psalms. They wouldn't sing it like that. They'd sing it with a violin probably <laughs> and, a, and a bit different. And in the verse 5, And the heavens shall praise thy wonder, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. Let's speak of his faithfulness. Let's encourage each other with God's faithfulness because he will do what he said he will do for you and I in the church in keeping us until the day of redemption, the redemption of our body. You say, I've already re I'm already redeemed. Yes, but your body is still not redeemed. Neither is mine. And it is prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. The songwriter said. And again, in verse 8 of Psalm 89, it says, O Lord, God of hosts, who is strong, a strong Lord like unto thee, or to thy faithfulness round about thee. When you hear of others talking about other gods they have, you know, and Allah and so forth, a lot about that these days, he's not a god at all. They get really mad when you say that. He's not a god at all. He's just a human being. Well, no, Muhammad was a human being, wasn't he? And God is, Allah is not. God is God, the God of the Hebrews, the God of the Christian church. He is God, and his faithfulness is around about the congregation of his saints. Praise the Lord for that. These preachers told it as it was. <laughs> and in Jeremiah, well, Jeremiah also spoke of the, his faithfulness. And was he a preacher? <laughs> yep, he's a very sad preacher, <laughs> as we've already looked at. He wrote Lamentations, and we looked at the chapter there where he talked about God's faithfulness. But Jeremiah, chapter 23 and verse 28 and 29, it says there, <clears throat> The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. Now, we don't have dreams today, okay? We've got the revelation and complete a revelation of the word of God. But the prophet that had a dream in that day, <clears throat> let him tell the dream. Don't let him keep it quiet. Why did God give it to him? And some of the minor prophets even said, you know, <clears throat> Why me? I, I, I'm just a, a farmer. I'm just, you know, I do, I don't, I, this is not my profession. And when the people got all over the prophet for speaking the truth and telling the truth, they said, well, well, God told me I'm going to tell it. I've, I've done what God commissioned me to do. You're, it's on your head. <laughs> you make the choice. And so we need to tell people so that it's not on our head and their blood on our hands but their blood on their own head and their, in their own hands if they do not believe. We're the mouthpiece. And, and have we been commissioned as the prophets were? Yes. Go ye into all the world. It says in Matthew 28, the last few verses there. So the preachers, we could talk a lot about the preachers, but let's get to the pilgrim. <clears throat> he experience, experiences God's faithfulness. <clears throat> Thank you. <clears throat> do it for me. <laughs> Who was that? Larry. 
the pilgrim. His faithfulness is unlimited. In Psalm 119, we read verse 89 and 90. Forever, O Lord, is thy word settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abideth. As we mentioned earlier, it keeps on ticking. One day it'll be folded up like a garment and put away. That's what God said. But presently it will continue while we're still on earth. <clears throat> Mankind is still down here. To all generations, he said, Deuteronomy 7, 9 to 10. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, who keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations and repayeth them who hate him to their face to destroy them he will not be slack to him who hateth him he will repay him to his face that was twice emphasized in that verse those that hate god and deny the god of heaven god will repay them to his face to their face I think we saw that this week in Turkey. The politician that got up and derided and knocked Israel and ripped into them. He walked a few steps and down he went. God repaid him to his face. He, he had a heart attack then and there on the spot. I think we're going to see more of this God taking action. And, uh, and, and not only there, it'll be in our country too, where we deny God and his word, and our politicians do that. We be careful. What, well, we just watch what God will do. Brother Andrew in Israel says, you know, they do this, this, and this, the nations around to Israel, then God does this, this, and this. And he's been keeping a record of that for quite a few years now, of what the nations do and then what God does you see people don't tie that together because they don't believe in God but Christians can look and see the hand of God working in the world and we can see it as I've mentioned everything has been arranged and set up by God who is in control of everything nations who don't believe in him he's controlling them to bring to the fore the nation of Israel and the Islamic movement for the clash to happen that when it happens, the nations will know. That's what God's word says in Ezekiel 38. You read it and 39. Underline that. God is working. God doesn't operate in a vacuum. He hasn't set it up like a, a clock and wet the old clock, the electric ones now, but you know, the old wind it up every night so that you get up in the morning and let the world go. No, he's in control. Do you believe he's sovereign, that he's over all, that he's Lord God Almighty? I pray you do. <clears throat> if the nations will only listen, God's allowing it to happen, to bring his glory to the nations in the future. His faithfulness is unfailing to the same. Well, it's unlimited. I got off track there. God's faithfulness to, in the experience of the pilgrim is seen that it is unfailing in Numbers 23:19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? I used this one three weeks ago. Or hath he spoken, and he shall not make it good? Make it good. 
In Ecclesiastes chapter 5, the first verses there, it says, if you make a vow with your mouth, what does it say we should do? Keep it. To your own hurt. Even if circumstances change so that it makes it difficult for you to fulfill the vow that you made. Now, sometimes when you get older, you forget. Okay? We'll forgive you for that. <laughs> and God knows. But if we make a vow, we are to keep our vow. Uh, <clears throat> make it good. Come true with your promises. In business today, everywhere, <laughs> People don't keep their promises. They say something, they're like the, the lies that have been told over in the Middle East in Gaza. Uh, make it good. And they don't make it good. God is unfailing. He does it. He will do it. He makes it good. Psalm 89 and verse 33, one of the verses we didn't read there. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. The Jews, the, the rabbis over there, the, the, those people that read, the orthodox people in Israel, they know this. His faithfulness will not fail. What's kept them going as a nation where they've been so suffered and persecuted for so long? They trust in God's faithfulness. He'll keep his promises. Christians, through life, as we go through hard times, remember God is faithful. <clears throat> his faithfulness is unlimited, unfailing and unending as it says in Genesis 8.22 while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest cold and heat summer and winter day and night shall not cease I was just going to talk to the farmer Chris but he's not here <laughs> I just noticed that um, <clears throat> they are reliant on that don't they brother Don they set the clock of when you start sowing you sow the canola first, is it? Yes. And then you sow the wheat, oats? And they've all got a date when they start. Why? Because the seasons don't fail. God is faithful in doing that, even though the people, the farmers of the world and the majority are not saved. But God is faithful and it doesn't cease night and day. The sun comes up tomorrow. We just take it for granted. But God could change it. <clears throat> and this promise was given after the flood in Genesis 8, 22. Day and night, cold and heat. Huh. I don't like the heat bit too much. <laughs> and the summer bit and winter, I'd, I'd rather be cooler than hotter. But God keeps it going, doesn't he? His faithfulness also is unfaltering. In Lamentations 3, 22, it is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because of his, compa his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. There's one when you wake up, comes to, your, comes to your mind and you say, it's because of the Lord's mercies. I haven't been consumed. I'm still alive. I'm still kicking today that we're not consumed. Huh. If we know God's holiness, his absolute righteousness, and it's judgment and justice. If we understand that, we say, wow, how are we still alive? You know, you don't, you don't say, oh, I'm pretty good mm, in God's eyes. We're only made good through the Lord Jesus Christ. We're only made righteous from his imputed righteousness, not our own righteousness. Unfaltering, unending, unfailing and unlimited is God's faithfulness. <clears throat> he faithfully persists. In his faithfulness, even when we're not faithful. 
He keeps on being faithful. <laughs> How often have you been discouraged by somebody that once walked with the Lord and doesn't walk with the Lord anymore? You sort of, ah, oh, you know. And God doesn't go, ah. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't do that. He knows the end from the beginning. But he, is, he keeps on being faithful. Even when in Jerusalem, the angel was sent, wasn't it, to find a righteous man in Jerusalem before he destroyed it by the Babylonians. And the angel come back. What was the report? Didn't find anyone. Nobody. Yet they'd been given the word of God and the prophets had spoken to them. The kings had ruled them. And it got to the point there was none righteous. Well, Jeremiah was there. <laughs> Good old Jeremiah. <clears throat> One. But he doesn't quit. God doesn't quit because of the unfaithfulness of man. He faithfully persists. As given in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 11, it says, It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. That's, uh, that's one that we need to look at, isn't it? If we believe not... Yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. He said it and it's so and it always will be so. Trust in his faithfulness. Even though when we're unfaithful. And, and, and you know and I know the times that we've been unfaithful. Maybe this week. Maybe this month. This year. There's sometimes. Sometime in our lives in this past year that we've been unfaithful. But he remains faithful. He's still there when you go back. He's still there when you come, as 1 John 1, 9 says, and confess your sin to him. He's still there to forgive and to cleanse. He faithfully provides a way of escape from temptation. It tells us that in his word, and I'll read this one, I've got this one written, in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17, Wherefore, in all things behoved him to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliations for the sins of the people. And so <clears throat> he makes, he faithfully hears our prayers. He faithfully provides a way and a deliverance from temptation. In 1 Corinthians, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you're able. Remember when you're a new Christian, a brand new Christian, a young Christian, and uh, <clears throat> that's when we probably fail more than we do when we get older because we're not taught in the word of God. But God is faithful. He will not suffer you. He will not allow those things to come to you that overwhelm you and I in our salvation, in our walk with the Lord. He will, with the temptation, make a way of escape. Take it. People quote that verse and after they've sinned and, and got into a real mess in their lives and say, look, God's word's not true. No, no, you or I didn't take the way of escape when it was provided. It might have been an instant where the thought could have changed and we've gone the, we could have gone the right way and we didn't. Don't blame God because he is faithful to deliver us and will not suffer us or allow us to suffer above that which we're able as it says in 2 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And the Lord is faithful to do that. 
And how many times, I don't know if in eternity we'll be able to look back and say, well, there, 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 he delivered me over and over again from the temptations that could have come my way and he didn't allow them to, to come my way. Praise the Lord for it. Uh, <clears throat> he provides the way of escape. He faithfully heals, answers your prayers. Does he? Remember on Wednesday night we are talking about the Lord Jesus before the incarnation and the Lord Jesus after the incarnation. What's different about then and now? He has a body. He has nail prints. He has a wound in his side. He has these things to show. He, we know that because the Bible said to Thomas, the Lord said to Thomas, reach in, feel the wound. And also now he is our great high priest. And he faithfully does that 24 7, 52, whatever. He's been doing that for the church, for people who come to him. He's always got his ear open unto the prayers of the saints. He faithfully does that. And he answers our prayer. And here's our petitions. And you go to the Bible, particularly in Hebrews, chapter 4, chapter 2, chapter 10, where it speaks of that very thing. He faithfully provides for all of our needs. It says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, But my God shall supply, you know it, don't you? All your needs according to his riches in glory. He provides for our needs. And it would be wise to read the verses above that and below that because he, Paul, had told them or thanked them for them meeting his needs and then, he, then Paul said, and God will meet your needs. So they'd already given, and he said, God will give and bless you. But he meets our needs. <clears throat> Where was the, we won't go back there, but Matthew chapter 6. We read it in our reading this morning. He talked about the birds. He feeds them. He talked about the lilies. He, he has them to grow. And shall he not more clothe and feed you, O ye of little faith? See, he is faithful in providing our needs. And as you go and have a testimony of life and you look back and you say, yeah, how did God meet your needs all the way through life? How is he supplying them now? Is he's been, has he been faithful in doing that? Yes. Is, will he be faithful? Yes, he will. He faithfully meets and provides for our needs. He faithfully gives grace when we've been provoked in a time of provocation in 2nd Corinthians 12 9 Paul said and he said unto me the Lord said unto Paul my grace is sufficient for thee my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me remember Paul said take it from me it's hindering my ministry and God said no it's making you a more powerful in your ministry because then it's not you it's me said the lord that gets the glory praise god when we feel weak and unable to and unable to do it that god comes in as he did with paul most gladly paul said therefore he will glory in his infirmities i pray <coughs> that we do he faithfully gives peace in all circumstances this again is in philippians Chapter four, uh, chapter 4 and verse 
6 and 7. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He gives us peace. When all what happened and erupted in Gaza over there some months ago, what, six, six, is it 70 something days now? <clears throat> and you started hearing the news and that, and it kept on slowly being fed out of what happened. It doesn't help you sleep at night, does it? You think, you know, how could humans do that? And it doesn't give you peace, but the Lord gives you peace. He has a plan. He knows the individuals involved. He knows who did it. He knows who it was done to. And, he, and, and <clears throat> you just have to rest in the Lord that he is the wise God. You see, this is sinful man doing wicked things. And it's been happening for thousands of years, these sort of things. You know, up in Nineveh, the Assyrians, what they did. It, it, any wonder that Noah, I mean Noah, he, he was in water, but Jonah, <laughs> he was in water too. <laughs> but Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. Why? Why didn't he want to go to Nineveh? Well, they're so wicked, they're so evil. You know what they did? They, they scun people alive. That's what they did. And, and is human nature changed? No. It's still fallen, isn't it? and other evil and wicked things that they've done through time. Oh, may we read the word and be encouraged and be at peace, even with the circumstances. <coughs> Our government, as I said on Wednesday, voted with the United Nations to what well, the ceasefire. And the commentators afterwards said, well, <coughs> those that are more on the right side said, well, there's only 100,000 Jews in Australia, but there are 900,000 Muslims. You say, there's only about 10 years ago, there's only 300,000. The immigration program. You know, you start saying, oh, I have no peace about this. What's going to happen next? Trust in the Lord. The Lord's got a plan. He's got a purpose. And he'll take us and hold our hands through through life <clears throat> he faithfully walks with you as I've just mentioned in life's pathway in Hebrews 13 5 it says let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have for he has said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee that's a promise a promise to Christians would to God that the Jewish nation would trust the Lord Jesus, then they could take that and claim that promise too. But we can. He said he will never leave us nor forsake us. And when he was giving the Great Commission in Matthew 28, at the, end, at the end of the commission, in verse 20, the last part, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The age hasn't ended yet. <laughs> the dispensation of grace is still happening. But it will when the fullness of Gentiles have come in. Then he'll start dealing with the Jew in real action. We've seen a bit of action, but then it'll happen. And so faithfully walks with us on life's journey. <clears throat> Remember this, the poem Footprints? Remember that poem? You might have read it. We had the man that wrote it here one day years ago. And the, the believer was talking to the Lord, but Lord... 
there's only one set of footprints. You didn't help me in my suffering. That was the hardest time of my life. This is the sort of truth comes out or what was expounded in that poem. And the Lord said, yeah, yeah, that's when I was carrying you. <laughs> in the hard times. And he faithfully walks with us in our pathway of life. Read Psalms, David, before we become king and how he was hunted and hounded all over the place. And then at the end of his life, how he was hunted and hounded as well. He... And, and David continued to believe and trust. <clears throat> In conclusion, a quick five thoughts. I'll try to do these quick. Friends will fail you, but God is faithful. Remember David had a counsellor called Ahithophel. And all David's life, he was David's close friend. But then David wrote this after something tragically happened. In Psalm 41 verse 9, Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, who did eat of my bread, and he sat at my table, his feet were under my table, hath lifted up his heel against me. What, or, or when did David write that? What provoked him to write that? This friend has turned on me. I think it was Ahithophel. In his old age, when David grew old, Ahithophel turned on him. You can read about it in Second Samuel 15 to 17. And we've used that before because Ahithophel was the grandfather of Bathsheba. And remember what David with, did with Bathsheba? Killed, killed her husband and took him, took her and, and committed adultery. And Ahithophel had always this in his heart. He couldn't let this go. So when the opportunity of Absalom rising and going against his father as the king, then Ahithophel went off with Absalom. Gave counsel to Absalom, go and kill him while he's, he's out there and hasn't got protection. And uh, was it Hushai, or um, Hushai, I think his name is, was a faithful man to David and he heard this and he gave, he gave Absalom different counsel and, and Ahithophel's counsel wasn't taken. And you know what Ahithophel did? He went and killed himself. He, he knew he'd done wrong. He knew he'd done wrong. Right. Friends will fail you, but God is faithful. Man is man. Man, even Christians, have a sinful nature. We've still got that. And we can do things that are upsetting to others. Remember Jesus and Judas? A friend. Remember what Jesus said, even when it was happening and he was, he was um, betraying the Lord Jesus. Jesus said, what, what phrase did he use of Judas? He said, friend. Wow, you know. Jesus knew what he was about to do, but he said, friend. It's, it's interesting. Psalm 142, verse 4. I looked on my right hand, and behold, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. David speaking again. And he felt like that, and we feel like that when friends forsake us <clears throat> and do the wrong thing. Paul felt like that. You said, Pastor, you're going to be quick. This is, this is quick for me. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verses 16 and 17 says, At my first answer, no man stood by with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, 
and by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. <laughs> the old lion, the roaring lion that Paul had sp spoken about in Ephesians. I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Every man I looked around, you know, I had all these backers and where have they all gone? They're not behind me anymore. I'm on my own. God wants you to remain faithful like a Paul, like a Jeremiah. And... Uh, he, he, he looked for preachers to take on ministries in the end of, the, in the end of his ministry. Paul didn't, there's no one but Timothy and Titus and a few others. Praise God for them. So <clears throat> friends will fail, but God won't. Family will fail, but God is faithful. And we've done the study in, uh, was Brother Bernie did that in John chapter 9 where the man born blind and he was healed and the Pharisees come and said, who did it? Well, I don't know. I, was, I didn't see him. He'd gone before I could identify him. And, um, <clears throat> and then he got, they got the parents in. Is this your son? Yeah, that's our son. Was he born blind? Yes. Well, how, did he, how can he see? <laughs> I can see the, the situation. How, well, how did he? I don't know. Ask him. Now, this is the family not being true to their son. Not backing your son. Well, he's left standing alone. <laughs> Family will fail, but God is faithful. And they asked him, and he told them. <laughs> he told them as one had been blind, but now he could see. And we've been blind, and now we can see. We're Christians now. <laughs> Let's tell about the Lord. Even Jesus. Their fa his family failed him. In John 7, 5, neither did his brethren believe on him. They said... They come on one occasion and said, get him out of there. doesn't know he's going to die if he keeps on doing this. <laughs> and he said, who are my brethren? Those guys out there who are relations or these in here who are listening to what I'm saying? Yeah, those in there. Yeah, family will fail you, but God is faithful. Funds may fail you, but God is faithful. Have you ever felt like that? Middle age, big bank load still going? <laughs> Funds will fail, but God is faithful. Remember the widow at Zephyrath, I think it was? And Elijah come along and said, mm, give me some meal and, and, and something to drink. And she said, well, I'll tell you the truth, prophet. It's a famine, you know that. <laughs> I've got a little bit of meal and a cruise of oil. I'm going to cook it. And I'm going out to get two sticks, at least two to start a fire. It must have been no sticks around either, famine of sticks. <laughs> Two sticks. I thought that I'd just take little things like that and say, get a whole armful of sticks. Anyway, and then we're going to die. Me and we're going to eat it and we're going to die. And Elijah said, no, you provide me first. That doesn't sound right, does it? The prophet's saying me first. But he said, you feed the servant of the Lord first and see what happens. And God kept providing right through the famine. Funds will fail, but God will be faithful. <laughs> and feelings will fail, but God is faithful. How often have we felt the Lord's not with me, the Lord's not working through me, that it's just not happening? God is faithful. Feelings, you know, we don't go by our feelings. We often, well, we do, but we shouldn't go by our feelings. But God is faithful. He, he will not suffer us to, to hurt above that which we are able, as we've seen a little bit, earlier <clears throat> Philippians 
chapter 1 verse 6 being confident of this very thing that he who hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ we read that one earlier and lastly faith may fail but God is faithful God is faithful um, <clears throat> John 10 tells us he secures secures us Romans, I mean Hebrews 7.25 Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. He is faithful. Sometimes we lack faith, don't we? Our faith is sorely tested and we, we fail the Lord. But he is faithful. Yes, God is faithful and will carry us through. <clears throat> in Second Timothy, in chapter 2 and verse 13 I'm right there I'll read this one to you it says if we believe not yet he abideth faithful he cannot deny himself and so we have a wonderful faithful true God that will do it and he will perform it trust in him and I think he's going to do it real soon <laughs> in a big way we see the development of these things praise God don't be at peace. Don't be upset. God is in control. And let's trust in his faithfulness as we continue. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that over and over again, on multitudes of occasions, you are, we are told that you are faithful. And may we go away this morning. We wake, may, we, may we wake up every morning and remember the faithfulness of God. And the world is still going, the sun is shining. And Lord, heaven is heaven and hell is hell and it all will continue because you are faithful. You hold it all together. Lord, thank you for this and I pray for, our, for those that are here that may not be saved or listening in that don't know you. Oh Lord, they're, they're floundering. They don't know what's going on, but the Christian does because we have your word and we know you will be faithful to it. Bless us as, and strengthen us as we go our way in the faith, not doubting, but believing. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>